Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. <laughs> Gone with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Where Auto-Tune really sang, really a dumb way of putting it, but where Auto-Tune really sang was when you had a good singer who just needed a little push to here or to there. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network. I'm Joe Burns. You, if you'd get off your phone and Tammy stop Burns. looking at Marketplace, I have can't you, help it. Have you found more used stuff to buy? I just love to see the crap that someone is selling. <laughs> Well, at least it's good stuff. It is good stuff. From your statement. Usually, like I've said a thousand times before, I do the seven days and 70 seconds previous to the show. And the reason is maybe I'll run into something. And I did. September 19th, back in 1997, Autotune becomes known to the public thanks to shares do you believe in life oh, i love that song oh yes i think it means after love mm-hmm. so what do you say we talk about auto-tune oh i like it i yes. use i use auto-tune i have a copy of it mm-hmm. and i'll tell you later on in the show why i use it and when i use it it's one of those things where apparently if you use it there is a group of people that are like oh you must stink no, I think it has its place. Mm-hmm. I don't use it on everything, but I think it has its place. Only and when you're singing uh, Cher? <laughs> that's right, which I do. I touch the tip of my tongue to my top lip. Oh. Like that. Real quick, Dr. Andy Hildebrand. Mm-hmm. He was a research engineer who specialized in stochastic estimation theory. That means random. He's looking at random things. He worked at Exxon. And there was a way that you would find oil. You'd drill. Right. And if you hit oil, you hit oil. That's a problem because that costs money. Mm. So what Andy figured out was that if we used a complex set of algorithms and then shot sonar down into the ground, we could tell the difference of densities to the different kinds of dirt. Okay. And there is a specific density to something that is solid and a specific density to something that is liquid. Now, obviously not 100% right, but he certainly could up the chances of sticking a pipe down there and running into something. Well, in 1989, Hildebrand founded Antares Audio Technologies after a colleague's wife jokingly said, why don't you do something to make it sound like I know what I'm doing when I sing? Mm. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. He realized the logic behind it. He took his geological system and he changed it to be something 
that he could put into a DAW. A DAW, for those of you who don't know all the audio terms, is a digital audio workstation. In fact, we're using a DAW right now. It's called Audacity. We record our vocals on Audacity. I edit in something else called Audition. So when I'm creating this, let's say I'm singing, what I would do is click twice to highlight the piece of audio, and then I would bring in a plugin. And the plugin would create reverb or phase or flange or whatever the heck I wanted it to be. When I click on it and I bring in Auto-Tune, it looks at it and it then does something. And we're going to talk about what it does. So that's what the thing is. Wow. You would think I'm going to play Shares Believe out of the gate. Yes. No. Oh. Weird Al Yankovic has a short video that further explains the idea of Auto-Tune. Ladies and gentlemen, Weird Al on Rock School. So I've finished my research for this report, but I'm going to need some help with the meme math. Ellie, mm, yada? Mm. Weird Al. If you've listened to pop music in the last five years, then it's more than likely you've heard auto-tune. Or put you in a mansion, somewhere in Wisconsin. Antara's auto-tune is a pitch correction plugin that's used to fix a singer's off-key vocals. It was designed by a former Exxon engineer named Andy Hildebrand, who was using sound waves to locate oil reserves under the sea floor. Hildebrand realized that the same autocorrelation technique used to find oil could also be used to correct a singer's unruly notes. And in 1997, he released Auto-Tune to the World as a software plugin for audio editing. At first, the software would be used sparingly to fix the occasional off-pitch sound. But in 1998, the producers of Cher's hit song Believe would be the first to use Auto-Tune as an obvious vocal effect, producing a robotic, technoy sound. The producers went to great lengths to hide their off-label use of Auto-Tune, telling people that they had used a vocoder or a talk box, devices that were much more common at the time. Soon, other music producers using the Antares software found that if they tweaked the plug-in settings just right, they could produce that sound we now distinctively know as Auto-Tune. The story of Auto-Tune would begin its most significant chapter in 2005, when Atlanta-based rapper-turned-sanga T-Pain began using Auto-Tune for his vocals. But where previous use of Auto-Tune was an occasional affair, T-Pain would use it on every single song. In an industry where everyone tries to hide their imperfections, T-Pain's use of auto-tune was blatant. Everyone knew that T-Pain was being auto-tuned. But he was also a hit. And in the music industry, that's all that matters. Pretty soon, other pop stars like Lil Wayne, Rihanna, and Snoop Dogg began experimenting with auto-tune, hoping to achieve that T-Pain effect. It had become a phenomenon, spawning entire albums filled with the auto-tune sound. The explosive popularity of auto-tune quickly... Yo, Jamie, I'm gonna let you finish. But Kanye's album was the best auto-tune album of all time. Of all The explosive popularity of auto-tune quickly drove it into the second stage of a fad meme, overexposure. The effect was so overused that it became a joke, especially on the internet. Auto-tune was everywhere. Time, The New Yorker, and NPR all ran stories about the software, often raising the question of whether or not using auto-tune was dishonest. The word auto-tune became a curse word on music boards, used to slander vocals and recordings that seemed too good to be true. Auto-tune had become the obviously photoshopped of the audio world. But haters will always hate. And after overexposure comes the third and most important stage of the auto-tune fad, parody and remix. To help us understand this stage, we've invited our visiting expert in the field of parody and musical lulls, Professor Al Yankovic. 
Thank you, Jamie Dubbs. As we all know, the web is a powerful vehicle for cultural propagation. So when an easy-to-use software plugin is paired with powerful internets, new features are discovered and explored. Do you want to sleep in? For how much longer? For example, who knew that cats, babies, and even Winston Churchill could sing? By applying the musical plug-in to completely unmusical things on the internet, a new feature of this software was revealed. Everything became instantly fun. So while the first examples of parody found humor in its overuse, others found that the effect could be used to add a new dimension to their work. In fact, with all of this remix and mashup, the attention given to autotune would evolve from esoteric mockery into legitimate parody. While making fun of something is easy, parody requires a study of both technique and form before creating its own recontextualization. You must first invent the universe. Not only was autotune being embraced, it was being explored as a technique far beyond its intended use. Autotune would reach the pinnacle of self-parody when in 2009, T-Pain worked with Antares to develop an autotune iPhone app called I Am T-Pain, enabling anyone to sound like a pitch perfect robot. In June 2009, rapper Jay-Z released Death of Autotune, a diss track writing off autotune as a gimmick. And while he was hoping to put an end to autotune, the song only served to bring more attention to it. And yes, someone even autotuned Death of Autotune. While autotune everything and the T-Pain effect may seem like fads, that doesn't mean that autotune is going away. New technologies are often overused and exploited, peaking with parody, but eventually settling back into a state of equilibrium. What may seem played out now can go on to become part of the landscape later. When stereo sound was invented, artists abused the ability to pan from left to right. When turntablism was invented, DJs overscratched. The world is full of fads that create dissonance when they first appear. But perhaps autotune will return to a point closer to its intended use. Finding oil. Shawty! I coming out of Weird Al Yankovic. I know I was supposed to play a song, but you gotta be honest, that's a lot of good information in one fell swoop. He's a great teacher. He Well, he, he's barely in the silly thing. After a year of research, this guy Andy Hildebrand, who was the research engineer, created this plug-in for the 1977 NAM. That's the National Association of Music Merchants Convention. Used a personal Mac, sang on it, and then bango bango, brought in the, the little plug-in. It played in the DAW, and it was a hit right out of the box. I remember seeing a hit of myself. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of the microphone. It's a sure microphone, but there's a number on it. But it was for field work. And I remember you and I used to have a deal with a university where I would teach class for free and then they would send us out to um, Las Vegas for all of the all of these new things. It wasn't NAM, but it was for broadcasters. Right. And a guy, I think it was 
Booth 77. He came up with this Shure microphone that was encased in this indestructible thing. And he took a nail and he nailed it into a piece of wood, which should have destroyed the microphone. Wow. And then he plugged the microphone in, held it up to his hand and said, I'm in booth 77. (laughs) Well, I'm sure that's what that was. The whole world looked at it and it was just bango out of the gate, something that could be used. So for about a year, the program was used for its intended purpose, to slightly adjust vocals to the closest half or quarter tone. See, that's the thing. People are of the opinion that if they sing as crappily as possible, autotune will pull it up. Right. Well, I'm sure there's a way to do it. In fact, I am sure there's a way to do it. It won't fix it perfectly. You've got to be close. Mm-hmm. If you're closer to a wrong note than you are the right note, autotune's going to pull you down to the wrong note. Right. So when I have people come in here and sing, and I do record people other than me in this studio, if they're not close, just a little bit off, right? do it again. Well, can't you tune it? No. Sing it again. But see, therein lies the problem. Okay, you used autotune, so you stink. And you over there, you didn't use autotune, but you sang it 4,000 times and took the best one. Right. Seriously, is is that any better? No. Than using autotune? You know. know what? What's that? Why don't they use it for uh, karaoke? They could certainly auto-tune uh, yes, they most could. people. It's right? not it's not the selling point of karaoke. The selling point of every so often in karaoke you get a person, you know, like me, who's right on the money. Right. Then the vast majority of karaoke needs to be drunk business guys who Funny. are looking to blow off steam. You remember the last cruise we were on? Yes. I mean, you and I won the medal for best karaoke singers. No, I did not. I'm I'm not kidding. Are you I have my medal. Oh, well that was that was like two cruises back the last okay. cruise. Okay. Yeah, 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 you're right. right. Fine, 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 fine. But if you remember the two handsome young men who were like 18, 19, uh-huh. they would get up there, they couldn't hold a tune if it was written on a rock inside of a bucket. True. But what did they look like? Oh, they were handsome. And all the girls were going, oh, 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 aren't you funny and cute? And, and the girls were showing up every night to watch them sing, remember? And then I would get up there and sing spot on, you know, like I do. And all the women would be walking out? I know. Is that right? It's really too bad. You walked out on me. Well, I had to go to the restroom. Here's the thing that happens. Look, autotune isn't going to fix you completely. you got to get close. Now, you can go in individually. You blow a note. I mean, really blow it. Mm-hmm. You don't hit the wrong note. You hit the wrongest note. Mm-hmm. You can go in and grab it and pull it up. Oh. But you, you, that can't be done on the fly. Here's the thing. Like musicians do. Well, here's a here's a drum that if you hit it with a stick, it does this. Then the first thing musicians do is, well, what if I hit it with the dog? What if I threw it down the steps? What if I and they start playing with it? Uh. Well, these two guys who were recording share singing Believe, they thought to themselves, well, I want Believe to do something. And they had it going through a Vox box and they tried putting it through a bunch of different other stuff. And they said, what do you say we take auto-tune and we take all the knobs and we turn them up to 11 what would it do right and it did that thing that sounded great oh wow literally every sounded like money it was a hit literally every mistake 
is, or every effect is a mistake that's able to be controlled. Distortion, it's a mistake. Phase, flange, it's a mistake. But you can control it now. Auto-tune, share. Do you believe in life after love? Sure. On Rock School. Do you believe in love after love? I can feel something inside me say I really don't think you're strong enough, no. Do you believe in love after, after love? I can feel something inside me say I really don't think you're strong enough, no. Do you believe in love? All right, I talked too long. We got to go into the first break. I think it was the karaoke stories that I told. Oh. How does auto-tune do what it does? Well, look, if you can think at the base that every note that is being sung, played, what have you, you knock on a piece of wood, there's a tone to that. Right. And that tone has a frequency. The most common is when somebody says A440 or A220. Notice it's half or A110. That's an octave down and then an octave down. Whoa. So if you're dealing with A440 and you go up to 880, Mm -hmm. you've doubled it, you have gone an octave up. Why is A440 an A? Well, because we said it is. It's literally just that. Some people got together and went, hey, A440. The Nazis thought that A should be like A440. Uh, 446, something like that. You're kidding. No, I'm not. Look it up. It's really interesting. It might not be a bad rock school. I don't know that I can fill an hour with it. So everything's got a frequency. Mm-hmm. You sing an A, B, C, D, F sharp, what have you, it's got a frequency. There is a specific frequency that when played against other notes, we make the decision whether it is in tune or not. To just sing a note, it's not in tune. Right. It's not out of tune. When it's around other notes, you can hear, ooh, that's flat. Ooh, that's sharp. But it has to be within this grouping of notes until you go, oh, okay, I got it. If you can think of a sine wave that 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 very, very specific, it's a line, and then it's got a curved line that goes above the line, then below the line, and above the line, and below the line, that's a frequency. Here's the thing. What auto-tune does is simply take that number of frequency. Let's say you want to sing an A440, but you sing A436. It'll take it and push it up four more frequencies. Wow. And then you're on the money. Oh. And when you use it that way, it really doesn't get in the way. Mm-hmm. People say, well, you shouldn't do that. Well, what should I do? Sing it 700 times and take the best? Oh. Which is which is better? Whatever you want to do is better. There were earlier programs that claimed they would do what Auto-Tune would do. The problem is they used something called feature extractions, meaning it would look at it, make decisions, and then recreate something that was better. Well, that's not what people want. Mm-hmm. They want to do it either on the fly or immediately after you've recorded it. You put it on and go, pop, 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 and I come into tune. What auto... Um, what Auto-Tune was able to do was something called autocorrelation, which is why it's called Auto-Tune. Here's what it did. It looked at it, and in real time, and believe me, I'm giving you the Fisher-Price version, it pushed it up to the correct frequency. And the thing is, people were like, that can't be done. It takes too much of computational power 
to actually do it. Well, the thing that made this Andy Hildebrand guy who came up with it such a genius is he figured out how to take these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of processing elements, perform a mathematical trick, and have it done in only four mathematical elements. So the machines of the day could easily do it. Wow. So instead of 10,000 things having to be done, four did it. And the four psh, set it up. That's, that's why the thing took over. You required so many calculations to do it in the past. It, at the beginning of the web, if you're my age, you remember this. It kept updating so much that you would want to look at a video or you mm -hmm. want to listen to a piece of music and you'd get that horrible gray box that popped up, the dialog box that says, you don't have the right plug-in <laughs> to do this. Do you want to get the plug-in? Oh. Most people would say, no, jump in a lake. Now we're to the point where everybody's got equal computational power and yes, such and, yes. and everything just simply updates. But that's what it was. He figured out a way to do something that already existed, but he did it in real time, immediate. And I can show it to you. I know I can't show it to the audience. It's real time. It's immediate. And it's on the money. Sweet. It really, really is. Who's listening to us on the show? WMCE, Erie, PA. Excellent. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Okay, out of the break. The reason I think auto-tune gets a real bad rap is it's it's like being a a lineman in a game of football mm -hmm. when you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing no one notices you right they notice we've run for a touchdown what have you when do you show up on tv as a defensive lineman because you screwed up Oh. Or an offensive lineman. You screwed up. Oh. When you do your job correctly, no one knows why. Hey, great. Good for him. It just all works. It doesn't show up. Where Auto-Tune really sang, it's really a dumb way of putting it, but where Auto-Tune really sang was when you had a good singer who just needed a little push to here or to there. If you like Shania Twain... I know they show it on the Access channel every so often. She's got a live concert out there. Yeah. She got Lyme disease, and it took her voice right. for close to four years. Well, now she's back out you know, singing, still the one I long for, and on and on and on. Yeah. The thing is, she uses live auto-tune. Mm. So when you're looking at her, as you're hearing her sing, you're kind of going, oh, wait a minute, isn't her lips, aren't her lips... Just a little behind mm -hmm. what I'm hearing. Yeah, because it does take some computational power. And she's okay with telling you she does? Well, it took a while to drag it out of her. But yeah, go look up online. She finally admits it. And, and she says it's because I had this disease. I'm doing my best. I, and, and the thing about it is there there's a, a question of going to a live concert. Are you paying to hear the music or are you paying to see Shania Twain? Right. That's And there's something to that. Because of that, the idea of turning it up to 11 and it jumping out, where I think it starts to run into trouble, because there's this huge backlash against auto-tune. If you use auto-tune, you're a hideous musician. No, you're not. 
No, you're not. The English band Radiohead used auto-tune on their 2001 album Amnesiac to create an interesting thing. If you remember in the Weird Al thing, there was a T-Pain um, plug-in that he bought and put on his phone. Mm -hmm. Well, the people of Radiohead decided to do the same thing. Tom York took a just a simple speak, a simple speak, and he just read something. And he allowed this auto-tune to listen to it so it understood the, 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 the song is in the key of what have you. Let's say G. Songs, I don't know, but the song's in the key of G. And when he spoke, auto-tune was turned up to 11 on every knob. Right. So what it did was it took his speaking mm -hmm. and it tried with everything it had to create notes to make it a melody line. And that's wow. one of those things where people go, okay, I'm starting to hate this. Wow. Okay, take a listen to it. Here you go. This is called Polk Pull Revolving Doors. Uh, it's Radiohead on Rock School. Okay, there is just a blip of the song, so you heard what was happening. Yep. And you say, well, look, nobody should really get upset at that because it's an effect. You might as well have put distortion or... Anything or, else. You know, anything else. Phase, flange, what have you. However, there were artists that attempted, like Cher, to use it to enhance the singing. There was one person, a rapper named T-Pain, who cites a couple of producers, Teddy Riley and funk artist Roger Troutman's use of the talk box as an inspiration for his own use of autotune. T-Pain simply attaches autotune to his vocals, period. It would be as if I put a phase shifter on all of my vocals. But he I, lets you know, right? Right. He's not even attempting to be clever about right. it. I put a chorus on all my vocals. Right. Well, he puts it on there. And it has come up with what people say is the T-Pain effect. The song from his album Epiphany is called Bartender, where you really hear a good bit of it. The thing is, other artists picked it up like crazy because I think a lot of people like T-Pain because he did it. Right. And then, like Michael Jackson, there was the backlash. Oh, you know, I never liked that he did it. Oh, shut up. You listen to it all day long, you know? <laughs> And then it got picked up by other people. Snoop Dogg did it. And if you listen at all to trap music, it uses it extensively. So let me play a song for you if you don't know T-Pain. This is called Bartender, once again, from his album Epiphany. I'm playing this one specifically because musicians have stated, no, I don't like Bartender. Gosh, you're cool. And here you go on Rock School. Uh -huh. into the bottom of the hour I use auto-tune I have auto-tune now the the machine that I use I use a DAW called Reaper almost exclusively when I'm dealing with music and I use it but where do I use it the vast majority of what I use is on harmony parts 
when Naomi came here to record the her her album, right? There was a lot of times she wanted to sing harmony. The problem is your voice can't be right on the money all the time, and when you have multiple voices together. Mm-hmm. You kind of want to push and pull a little bit so it sounds like a chord and there's no dissonance in it. And I know what people are going to say. Well, she should sing it again and again and again. What if she sang it 4,000 times? Is that good for her throat? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, So we put a little on it and it just cleans it up real well. Nice. My daughter, it's about three years ago now, we recorded a a Christmas album. Mm -hmm. Please look it up. BurnsChristmas.com. Once again, BurnsChristmas.com. And my daughter was a young girl, so I created a song that she was going to sing called Run Down the Stairs. What was funny to me is she found the rhythm very quickly, and it's just this weird meter. You got to get up, stand up, wake up, run down the stairs. It's Christmas time today. She's got a, there's an extra measure in there. Right. The thing is, she got the, the rhythm, but she had trouble because of her age hitting the notes. So what I did is I wanted it to sound cute. When she sang it, like I wanted her like a kid, mm-hmm. but when she really blew a note, I used auto-tune, I wandered in there, and I pulled the note back down. Ah. For example, here's 10 seconds of Run Down the Stairs. Here you go, on Rock School. We gotta get up, wake up, stand up, run down the stairs, it's Christmas time today. We gotta get up, wake up, stand up, run down the stairs, it's Christmas time today. Okay, that is not what she sang. That is what I created mm-hmm. out of what she sang. Should I have done that or should I have gone completely with what she sang even though it was completely off? Uh, does it matter? Doesn't to me. Doesn't I think it sounds to me better either. this I way. love it. It's a fantastic memory to me. All right. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Amy Burns. Wonderful. Let's do 7 Days, 70 Seconds, September 19th, all the way through September 25. You got Monday, Tammy. Do it. September 19, 1997, auto-tune becomes known to the public thanks to Cher's Believe. September 20, 1973, Jim Croce is killed in a plane crash in Louisiana. September 21, 1978, Earth, Wind, and Fire release September and ask, do you remember the 21st of September? Oh, you, wait, wait. It's Did the you 20, sing that? It's the 21st of September. Oh, yeah, you got it, babe. Should I go back and auto-tune that? Yes, please. September 22nd, 2015, Happy Birthdays copyright is made invalid. You can now go to a terrible chain restaurant and they can sing Happy Birthday to you. Love it. Oh, September 23, 2010, Katy Perry takes a part of Sesame Street. It airs once and is edited out of all future runs. And you know why? Because her boobs were hanging out. Yeah, too much of Katie was there. <laughs> too much Katy Perry. September 24th, first of all, happy 34th anniversary to this wonderful woman and me. You had no idea which year it was. Yes, I did. 34. It's written on the piece of paper. I, 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 you, I used a calculator. Oh. I used a calculator. We're old. Also in 1977, Sticks released Come Sail Away. Oh, that should be our theme song. It should be. September 25, 1967, Dolly Parton makes her first appearance on the Porter Wagner Show. Now, here comes the question. 
Yes. I've asked this 10 times. I'm going to ask it again. What's the difference between singing a part 100 times, taking this word and this word and this word and editing it together and it's just perfect, or singing it once darn close and using auto-tune? <laughs> Some people can put it together in their head, but look, back in August 2002, a full five years before this auto-tune backlash we're going to talk about, there was a country artist named Alison Moore. She had an album called Miss Fortune, M-I-S-S, -S, Fortune. Mm -hmm. And there was a sticker on it that said, there is no pitch correction software or other forms of audio manipulation used in the recording of this album. Woo! Hey, hey, good for you. I'm dead serious. Yes, indeed. I think you're going to create a beautiful product. But here's what I want you to do. I'm going to play it. Mm -hmm. And listen, because I've made you hyper aware. Oh, God. You're going to hear that she's a little flat. No. On some notes. No. Now, the question becomes, is that good? I, you know, hey, it, it, it sounds live. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, I look, on the record, he sounds like this, but live, he sounds like this. Oh, shut up. You know, you're, you're screaming. You you might not hit something. But this this young lady, again and again, now the question becomes, should she have auto-tuned and made it right on the money? Or are these just slightly not quite there notes what makes music gorgeous? Yes, probably. So here you go. It's Allison Moore here on Rock School. Sometimes in the mornings I wake up devastated that you're gone It drives me kind of crazy and I tell myself it's been a little long To still be expecting you to call me up on the phone I don't The thing about auto-tune is I don't dislike it. I, I, I think it should be used sparingly or it should be used as an effect. Rather than throwing a chorus on, throw on some auto-tune. See what you get. I, most people will then put you down because you're you know doing what Cher did, but there seemed to be this magnificent backlash against auto-tune. Uh, I just told you about Alison Maurer and Miss Fortune. In October of 2004, the Daily Telegraph music critic Neil McCormick said auto-tune was a sinister invention. And what he was saying is that what it did is it allowed pretty boys and pretty girls who can't sing a lick to become singing stars. And without that, I mean, what you had was another Millie Vanilli. Right. Do you right. think BTS can really sing the way they do? I don't know whether they can or not. I have no idea. Do you think that the Backstreet Boys could sing the way they did? Or were they auto-tuned like crazy? Oh, I don't know. I think there was a time, you got to say, where does this started? Well, Usher started giving T-Pain heck for his, you know, use of auto-tune in his music. Mm-hmm. But it's an effect. It's like telling Slash that he's ruined the guitar because he uses a wah pedal. It's stupid. Right. He used it as an effect. Furthermore, when he came out, he usher and started telling T-Pain, you can't do that, you can't do it. Well, he has a song called OMG that features Will I Am, and there it is. No, not a sure. Come he's on now. He's using it. 
February 2009. It seems that this could have been at least the kickoff that everybody saw. Death Cab for Cutie showed up at the Grammys wearing ribbons in their opposition to auto-tune. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Let me get rid of that piece of paper there. Chunk. The, uh, the highest profile stance so far is in June 29th. Uh, according to Jay-Z, he felt auto-tune should not be used. Now, I get it. Let me play 15, 20 seconds of this, mm-hmm. and you'll hear, you know, the song, na-na-na-na, hey-hey-hey, goodbye. Of course. He sings it, but it's wicked out of tune, and it's wicked off-key. And I guess that's the thing. He's saying what I was kind of slightly saying before. I don't know, is music better? When it's uh. not right on the money. Okay, listen to a little bit of this DOA, which stands for Death of Auto Tune, and it's by Jay Z. Listen up. La, da, da, da. Hey, goodbye. Good Only rapper to rewrite history without a pen. No ID on the track. Okay, now is 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 that the selling point? The fact that it isn't auto-tuned, I wonder if he did that on purpose. Probably. I mean, just sounded awful on purpose. You know it. I don't know. Christina Aguilera came out and was wearing a t-shirt at a few of these gatherings that said, auto-tune is for kitty cats. Starts with a P, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to say kitty cats. Yes. The problem is, here's her next album. Here's the title track. It's called Bionic. Oh, Listen, listen. Auto-tune, auto-tune, friendly neighborhood, auto-tune. The thing is, South Park got into it as well. You know the singer Lord? Yes. We could be heroes. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Uh, Royals. I didn't. I said heroes. Royals. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Lord is fake and is Stan's father. Listen. It's so freeing. I started singing while I was in there, and then I started writing things down. But you said you knew a guy at work who was Lord's uncle. Yeah, that's my cover. The chick that wrote the theme song to the new Hunger Games movie is you? Yeah, the record company messed it all up. It was supposed to go Hunger Games, yeah, 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 Hunger Games. But they just do what they want with my songs. Wait, Lord sounds like a girl. Auto-tune. You want to see how I do it? I come up with all my best stuff in the bathroom at work. I use this program to import the recordings I make on my phone. Yeah, yeah, feeling good on a Wednesday. Sparkling thoughts. Give me the hope to go on. Oh, oh. what I need now is a little bit of shelter. Dad, Lord's music is actually really good. Thanks, but it gets even better when I add the drum loops. Yeah, yeah, feeling good on a Wednesday. Then with the computer, I can actually quantize everything. Feeling good, feeling good. Backup instruments. And then finally, I use the auto tune. Stan, 
Okay, fine. It Funny. is Stan. It is Stan's father. <laughs> it is Stan's father. Yes. May 2010. Time includes auto tune in a list they titled the 50 worst inventions. And in August 2010, the folks behind the British global singing competition, the X Factor, admitted they used auto-tune yes. to improve contestants' singing voices during the broadcast. Yes, they do. I hate to admit it, but I agree with that one. This is a contest. Don't do that. But Christina Aguilara, I want to hear her. Mm-hmm. Mariah Carey, I want to hear her. Yeah, but she can't do it anymore. Yes, she can. They do. It's auto-tune, man. Okay, who's listening to us? WBSD, Burlington, Wisconsin. Super duper, back in a minute here on Rock School. We have been playing clips and talking way too much, so we're coming into the last break here. I found a list of artists who say they do not use auto-tune. You mm-hmm. tell me whether you think so or not. Ed Sheeran. Uh, I don't think he does. I would, not. I would bet that he doesn't. I don't hear anything. Beyonce. Wrong. I, I agree. Absolutely untrue. They say she doesn't use it live. Okay. But uses it in the studio. The thing is, I can, I believe I that, get that as well. I could, I could no forgive pro- that. No problem. Yeah, when you hear somebody live and they're not quite on, okay, mm-hmm. I'm really listening to them, you know? Pink, same thing. She said, it was on my records, early records, but not live. Okay. Alicia Keys, I don't use it ever. I I, I agree with that. that. I believe with yeah, that. Oh, too. yeah. When you can sing like that. Taylor, woo! Taylor Swift, I don't believe it as far as I can throw no. her. No. Nope. I don't believe it as far as I can throw as, her. As far as you can throw her boyfriend, and right? I know, <laughs> and I know for which boyfriend. Aren't there Whichever 47 one? of them? Um, and the thing is, people are like, well, I went to see her, and she was dead on the money. Well, maybe she is now with a little bit of electronic help. But as an earlier singer? No. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Bruno Mars. Maybe his live stuff at the Super Bowl and such was really good. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I I, I don't have time to play it. But I'm listening to, I will play it, Saturday Night Live when he sang Uptown Funk. Mm -hmm. Here's a blip of it. Now, tell me if I'm wrong, but except for the guitar, it seems live. But aren't all the backing vocals Aren't all of the secondary instruments from the record? And then he's singing with it? Go. Okay, now what you might say is that, okay, he wasn't auto-tuned, and I don't think he was. He was blatantly singing, but wasn't everything else except for Mark Ronson's guitar? Yep. Wasn't that the record? And he dances like crazy. Why yes, not auto-tune? Get Kelly, all the help you can get, dude. Kelly Clarkson, I believe it now. Nah. Her stuff right after Idol, I think, sounded tuned. 
Uh, Ariana Grande, I don't believe it as far as I can no, throw her. No, no, and, no. And she's only about 40 pounds, so I can throw her a good piece. Uh, and then the one that, that I, we're going to finish on, because I believe it completely, Adam Lambert. I mean, he was this extremely flamboyant guy on one of these singing competitions. I And I'm like, oh, give me a break. And then I heard him live with Queen. Really? I, I can't. He's not on the money, so I can't imagine there's auto-tune. But my God, first of all, you have to have guts the size of Milwaukee. Yes, to say I'm going to sing Freddie Mercury songs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and this the, the confidence he has to have. And it's brilliant. It really is. Is it auto-tuned? I highly doubt it because you can hear some of the notes r- aren't right on the money, whereas auto-tune would have sucked that, pulled it right up to the correct frequency. I, I, I'm. In, That's a great explanation. I am more impressed with Adam Lambert, Adam Lambert than I can believe. And I didn't want to like him. You know? Yeah. You know, because I thought to myself, oh, he's a look. Mm-hmm. Lots of makeup, lots of fuzzy hair and big glittery outfits and all that. And I'm like, yeah, you're trying to be Elton John. Oh, he's good. Oh, he's good. And there you go. There's a little bit about auto-tune for you. And that wraps it up. I'm Joe Burns. Tammy Burns. Here you go. Adam Lambert and Queen live to wrap us up. Class is dismissed. <laughs> Doing to me, I spent a